Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he is doing in your life. We have now moved into the completed Minster space on South Water Square in Telford and we'd love to invite you to come along and give church a try at our 4pm gatherings every Sunday opposite Wilco's and above Novella Lounge. Enjoy the podcast. Amen. Thank you. So uh, if, uh, if we haven't met, yes, I'm Christopher and I'm married to Carolyn and uh, we have three children and we like to feel our children run around sufficiently to make everyone else feel very relaxed about their children doing absolutely anything uh, in the Minster. Um, I'm an ordained uh, minister um, here in the Minster. Um, I run a charity called Resource, which is also based uh, in Meeting Point House. Um, but it's a real joy for us to be part of the Minster uh, as a family. And um, we moved to Telford uh, just over a year ago. And one of the great uh, excitements um, for us was the Asda Travelator. Is this a big thing for anyone else? Anyone else shop at Asda? Getting a few nods? Okay. So um, we're thinking about retreating today and what it is to be able to kind of take some time apart and retreat. Um, And I think that the Asda Travelator is a really good place to start because I think there are three main ways that people cope with the Asda Travelator. So if you haven't been there, your trolley locks on and then you're kind of stuck uh, in place. And so one kind of person I think is like a kind of impatient driver at the lights, kind of, you know, can I get past, you know, this is taking forever, kind of, you know, really kind of restless the whole time. Um, And then for me, the second kind of person uh, is the person who straight away whips out their phone, you know, swipe, 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 post, 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 just kind of trying to be distracted uh, at every moment. And then I think there are some people who manage to just kind of stand there. And it's almost like they kind of, you know, gaze across the beautiful Telford landscape uh, and are reminded of, perhaps they're not reminded of the beauty of God's creation by the Asda car park, but some of the trees are quite pretty, aren't they? Uh, But somehow they just find this kind of moment of peace. Now, I wonder, does anyone want to hazard a guess as to how long it takes to get from the bottom to the top of the Asda Travelator? Shout it out, you know, come on, we, we can get there. Three minutes? Where do you shop? I think she goes to Waitrose in Newport. I don't think she's ever been on it. Um, okay, it's less than three minutes. Minute and a half closer, but still not right. 20 seconds. 53 seconds, give or take. Did someone over there get closer? Okay, so... Uh, And so I guess my question to you is, regardless of whether you're a kind of impatient, I've got to get this over, a kind of, I'm just going to distract myself, or a kind of, actually, I can rest in this moment, how many days do you manage to go through where you don't even manage to find 53 seconds to just pause and be in the presence of God? And, you know, I'm now a professional Christian. You know, I'm ordained in the Church of England, so I'm supposed to do this stuff really well. But let me tell you, through my Christian life, and even now, there are times when, you know, a day can get so busy and life gets so frantic. And actually, I can challenge myself 
I mean, if you're, if you're like me and you, you, know, you sometimes wear a dog collar, the real danger is that you spend your life helping other people to pray. You know, you're taking services left, right, and center. So then the question is, actually, have you taken your own time that no one else necessarily knows about, just you and God? And the thing about this passage uh, and so many other passages uh, in the New Testament of the Bible we see time after time, just when there were really good reasons for Jesus to go and heal a few more people, preach a few more sermons here, you know, and the disciples were often saying, come on, do, 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 you know, let's put on another thing. And actually he says, no, I need to retreat. I need to take some time away to spend time with my father, to pray, because that is when I'm going to get the resources I need to then be able to pour out uh, and bless other people. And we are just the same uh, in that respect. And we can live our lives, you know, just the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And these little funny plastic objects we carry around with us and spend hours of our lives with, uh, you know, every day. They can't, they're designed, aren't they? Every single app virtually is designed to keep our attention, to keep us, you know, swiping and pressing and, you know, ding, 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 you know. And our ability to actually take even 53 seconds of our life and just stand, just be, and dare to believe that the God of the universe might even begin to speak to you. What a remarkable thought. But that was absolutely foundational for Jesus' life and his ministry. And I think it's something that we can too easily ignore. But I love the fact that as the final sermon in this series on what it is to be apprentice uh, of Jesus, what it is to kind of learn the ropes uh, of the Christian life, actually taking that time uh, apart is part of it. Now, for some of us, it is about, in busy lives, working out, where are my 53 seconds today? Because if you can do 53 seconds consistently over the course of a couple of weeks, you know, perhaps after a few weeks, you might go wild and spend a whole five minutes in God's presence. Because, you know, a habit will begin to form. Whereas the apps want you, you know, to form that habit of instantly swiping on to the next thing and never taking a moment for God. And then, of course, you might end up thinking, I'm going to take a morning. I know plenty of people who use going up and down the Rekin, if they're able, you know, as a, a time for a kind of mini retreat. It's quite a good way of doing it. You know, you, you know it's a defined amount of time. But what would it be to go and do that or walk around the town park? Retreating, spending time with God. And then, of course, you might go really wild and, you know, go away for a few days somewhere. And it's a real privilege of the work that I do that I actually now lead quite a few retreats for people. And so often people arrive and you can kind of see them thinking, oh, but I've got too many emails. I can't really come and spend two days away or whatever. Uh, And there's just something beautiful about seeing God gently kind of calming people down uh, and restoring them. Sometimes, literally, their faces kind of shine a bit more 
by the end of some time dedicated uh, in God's presence. And the wonderful thing is that he can begin that kind of work in 53 seconds on the Asda Travelator if he needs to, because it's all about whether your heart is ready to be open to him, but also whether you're going to kind of take that leap of faith and say, no, I'm not going to do whatever it might be. I am going to spend that time uh, with God. So I want to mention a few examples of the way that Jesus uh, approaches uh, these moments of prayer, this time with God uh, today. Um, and just firstly, a reminder that he frequently did this. In Luke chapter 5, we read about him frequently retreating to the wilderness. And it's fascinating that he retreats to the wilderness because the wilderness was not a particularly obviously happy place for Jesus. It was the place that he was tempted, but it was also a place that really refined him he entered the wilderness full of the Spirit, and he left it in the power of the Spirit. It was a refining process. And sometimes to go on retreat, it's actually quite a vulnerable thing to do because you're suddenly saying, I'm no longer admitting to be master or mistress of my own destiny, but I do actually want to put my life back in God's hands and see what he might say to me over the next, you know, 53 seconds, five minutes, half a day, three days. I know of some people who go on a 30-day silent retreat, but I know I'm not that holy, so, uh, you know, but I'm sure it's very good for them. But the thing I really want to talk about today is the fact that when Jesus prayed, what he did was deepen his relationship with the Father, and that is a theme that comes back time after time uh, when we read about what Jesus was doing when he was praying. So uh, in John chapter 17, there's an amazing prayer where Jesus is praying uh, to the Father. He says, I have brought you, Jesus speaking to the Father, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, that's a kind of totally seismic, potentially quite confusing uh, verse from John's Gospel. But essentially, Jesus is saying, you know, the Father and I were kind of completely, profoundly intertwined, you know. You can't separate us in that sense. And that Jesus was there with him right at the very beginning uh, of creation. And that kind of closeness of relationship gives us a kind of picture of the close relationship that God wants to have, not just with his son, Jesus, but with every single one of us as his sons and daughters. And to pray and to retreat is to be deliberate, I suppose, about saying, I want to enter into that kind uh, of relationship. So uh, then two particularly amazing things that Jesus says moments before he dies. And notice again that both of them are addressed to his father. When he sees uh, the criminals on either side of him, uh, he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Uh, and then his very final words as he dies on the cross, Father, 
Into your hands I commit my spirit. So what is it for us to try and take that kind of intimacy of relationship that Jesus has with the Father and for that to be something that kind of fires our spiritual life but actually then fires the whole of our lives? Um, And uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen, then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, when you start to think about the fact that God can see what is done in secret, this can be an uncomfortable thing for many of us. You know, not all of us would be delighted for God to kind of run through our internet history, you know, line by line. He sees what's done in secret, both good and ill, But the kind of flip side of that is that actually to pray is to enter into that relationship with the Heavenly Father as a place of complete safety, to enter into that same kind of close relationship that Jesus uh, had with the Father. And indeed, um, in Romans chapter 8, there is a beautiful description uh, of this, talking about the spirit that we receive when we uh, enter into life with God. You've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And then you can call him Abba, Father. Now, perhaps some of you uh, can recall the Christian song, Abba, Father. Not going to sing it to you now. Um, But not all of us necessarily will have thought about what on earth that kind of word Abba really means. Or perhaps you get distracted by thoughts of a dancing queen or something like that. But um, Abba, Father, to say Abba means to use a really informal, intimate way of describing your father. So like if you have a nickname for your dad, popsicles or, you know, whatever it might be, Papa, Daddy, you know, that kind of thing, whatever. And even the more embarrassing, in a sense, the better, because it kind of shows you're, you're safe to say that really silly word to him because you know that he loves you and, you know. So that sense of being able to say to God, Abba, Father, is the kind of picture that we're aiming for. Now, this is, uh, this is where it gets serious, and, uh, and I don't apologize for this, but I do want to kind of flag up that, that this may be a heavy thing to, to broach with, with some of you. I think um, for many people, but I think perhaps even more so uh, here in Telford, there are a lot of people who have not had a good relationship with their earthly father. Now, actually, all of us can say we do not have a relationship with our earthly father, which is as good as our relationship with our heavenly father. But for some, if you've never known your father, or if when you think of your father, you're instantly thinking of unhappy memories or worse, if there is immediately a kind of a sense of wound, then that can have a really profound impact on how you can relate to God as father. It doesn't have to have a profound impact, 
but it can. And I've met enough people over the years for whom it's been a really kind of profound stumbling block in their faith. Because sometimes they've not even realized that every time the Bible talks about Father, and when Jesus commends us to pray, you know, to our Father in heaven, actually for some people, even at a kind of unspoken level, kind of buried under the surface, that can be a real barrier, a real problem. And there is something about realizing that your heavenly Father loves you even better than the best possible experience of having received the love of an earthly father. So if you have had a really good experience of your earthly father, imagine how much more amazing God is. But if you've had a really terrible experience of an earthly father or no experience at all, it may be worth just thinking about what it is to bring that before God and ask for his healing. Uh, and his wholeness. Thanks for listening. We hope this time blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telferminster, follow us at Telferminster on Instagram and Facebook or go to telferminster.org.uk. Thanks for listening. We hope this time blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telferminster, follow us at Telferminster on Instagram and Facebook.